0: Banded together from remote galaxies and possibly Iceland come six of the most faithful spoilerites of all time. Andrea Orth, Russell Cat, Marcello Poblete Alarcon, Daniel Porcell, Corey Windsor, and apparently Gorilla Grodd. The Legion of Recurring Contributors. They'll all be defeated by the end of the show, but for right now, this one goes out to them. Issue. Steven got the magic. Matthew got the technology. Rodrigo got the bankroll. Larry got the car. Kid Sensation got a plan thinking he was going to star. Will Ultra Duck fly high or just quack up? Sorry, that joke laid an egg. It was truly foul, and it might make you sick or feel like you have a malady. I'll get fined for it, but they can just put it on my bill. Wherever there's trouble, we're there on the double. Steve's beguiling, Rodrigo's freestyling, and I bring the styling and the profiling. Woo! The Major Spoilers Podcast is on the air!
2: Welcome, everyone, to issue 412 of the Major Spoilers Podcast. Very very glad that you downloaded and listened to this episode. Got a lot to talk about and later we're going to take a gander at Ultra Duck. Ah, I see what you did. But first, man. the news. <laughs> do, 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 do. DC announces a new gay character. The CW shows off The Arrow and Sin City a Dame to Kill For it gets a release date. I wonder which one this will be as we spin that wheel of destiny. <laughs> There it goes and lands right on DC Comics announcing a, not really a new gay character at, uh, sure. well, I guess they're newly gay um, at uh, Kapow. This was a comic book convention in London. Uh, this past weekend, Dan DeDio on one of the DC panels was asked about a comment he made uh, uh, in the uh, I forget what magazine or newspaper it was about DC's decision not to switch any of the characters sexual orientations during the new 52 relaunch, at which point Dan Dio, addressing that question that the audience member posed to him said, well, you know what? We've changed our minds. In fact, it, uh, uh, the quote that he said is uh, the company is going to reintroduce a previously existing DC character who was straight and now will be, quote, one of our most prominent gay characters, unquote. And, of course, that little uh, comment sparked off the intarred webs, as comments like that often do. ABC News did right. their due diligence and contacted uh, a representative from DC <laughs> Comics, Courtney Simmons, DC Entertainment Senior Vice President of Publicity. She narrowed down the list on Monday when she said, one of the major iconic DC characters re- will reveal that he is gay in a storyline in June, mm. now mm. everybody's going crazy blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's that's exactly the way it is. who's it gonna be? Is it gonna be somebody that we know? Is it gonna be superman? I mean fox News the n- time it was announced on Monday was like, "Is Superman gay you know as a <laughs> no <laughs> is <laughs> and then road I think another one
0: to avoid in the subway All I forget who
2: uh I forget what other news network, which was also somewhat conservative. Was like is Batman gay? <laughs> but no, Uh I don't think. Can you do honestly, that voice again? <laughs> I don't think is Robin gay. That's what. Well, uh, yes, a lot of people you looked at his outfit. A, a lot of people really want Tim Drake mm. to be the one that gets outed, right? Um Which cool. I, I don't know if that if that will happen. I, I, I we do know that Batman won't be that character because uh, Scott Snyder says hey, um, so no, it's not Bruce. Although it's interesting because in the quote, and I went and tracked down both the quotes from uh, DiDio and uh, Simmons, and nowhere mm-hmm. in that announcement, in either of those comments, mm-hmm. did the quote that Scott, S- Scott Snyder said, a character not seen since the relaunch will come out as gay. Now, unless Snyder was there at Capow, I don't know. But mm-hmm. the way it was quoted at Bleeding Cool was that a previously... Existing DC character who was straight will now will now be one of our most prominent gay characters. Mm -hmm. So I don't know where Snyder and how Snyder interpreted that to be a character not seen since the relaunch will come out as gay.
0: Well, and he may know thing. something that we
2: don't. Well, he may. He may He may if if he does. But I don't think that he would be the PR spokesperson for DC right. in doing this. But he right, was right. trying to quell the thing that it's not Bruce Wayne, so get off of it no matter what Grant Morrison said a few months ago or last month in in Playboy magazine magazine about how gay Batman is. Right. Not Bruce Wayne, all right? Rodrigo Thoughts and Reactions and give us your your thought.
3: Uh, well, it is interesting. That uh, this is even a thing at all.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, D.C. already has a number of
3: gay characters.
2: Yeah, I think I mean, uh, Batwoman, uh, I think, is probably Matthew, is she probably the most prominent gay character
0: in the DCU right now? I would say she's she's certainly the highest profile. I mean, but the to the average person on the street, the answer is going to be, is there a Batwoman? Right. And yeah. if they think there's a Batwoman, they're gonna think it's Yvonne Craig from the nineteen sixty six series. So and of course that's Batgirl. I would say that to the to a, a lay person, a non-comic book reader, Batwoman would probably be the most recognizable name. Because
2: when that when that character was announced way back in fifty two, that caused mm-hmm. quite the stir and everyone was like, Yeah. And so DC's already gotten a lot of play and publicity from Having a gay character. And uh, Glad has awarded DC and, and Batwoman a number of awards mm-hmm. over the years for her portrayal. Back to Rodrigo.
3: Um, have we seen Everybody's Bosses? Because I think that this is just going to turn out to be like, Perry White is gay, except well, we've already seen so, Perry White. Yeah, this is the weird thing. If you're just
2: following from what DC says, you take out the quote from Scott Snyder about... A uh, character not seen since the relaunch. Okay, right. if we just follow DeDio and Simmons' comments, it could be anybody. Right. Okay, yeah. and they don't say that it is a superhero. It says a c- iconic DC character, and we know it's male because they say he, right. and we know the month is June. Right. Right. So, uh, you know, that could be my first thought was, oh, Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, that's c- who it's going to be. It can... Could be Perry White.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and we've mm-hmm. seen both of those in uh the superman titles right
3: um so yeah i mean it could be something something like that um i think you know the the riskiest like the the, the most extreme thing that they could do with this is maybe take a, a, a somewhat older male character like mm-hmm. well that's actually not the riskiest thing the riskiest thing would be for them to come out and say superman is gay right but right. uh while still maintaining, you know, you know, keeping the the flame war to a minimum, they could have an Alan Scott. Yeah, and a l- number of people have said Alan Scott. Now, if um, we more a Jay Garrick, Jay Garrick, yeah.
2: Now yeah. in uh, in the Earth Two universe, James Robinson, um, Jay Garrick and Alan Scott have both appeared. Uh, awesome. uh, Jay Garrick just broke up with his girlfriend in Earth mm-hmm. Two. Uh, Alan Scott it's unclear cuz we just saw him flying over uh parts of the world that had been destroyed during the um the attack from uh apocalypse right so i mean those are two two characters potential mm-hmm. characters
3: um <coughs> really the what i think this is going to end up being is going to be another black goliath like when uh during yeah. was it civil war mhm there were mm-hmm. like in this issue a major Character is going to die. A character is going to die. A character is going to die, you guys. And everybody was like, oh, they got to kill Iron Man. Or, oh, they got to kill Captain America, you know, because they're like the two pivotal guys. And it turned out that they basically, I think an issue earlier, had introduced Black Goliath, who's mm-hmm. a, a, a Marvel right. character who's been around forever, but, you know, has never had any traction because he's a less interesting Hank Pym. Right. Um, Mm-mm. And then they killed him. Right. And and that was that. That was the the, the character... Like a, a character dying, so I think it's going to be something like that. It's going to be a total. Uh, it, it's, it's just going to be a total. Cast. Yeah, it's going to be a minor, either a minor superhero or a supporting cast member, and it's not going to do anything more than you know. If it's some, if it's someone like Jimmy Olsen, then Superman will fly down and be like, "Jimmy, how's it going?" It's like, "Oh, it was great. I was hanging out with my boyfriend. Oh, look, an apocalypse monster! Fight it, right, Superman!" Right. Now, the only thing about right.
2: a minor, a minor superhero. Mm -hmm. Is, and this goes back to a a comment that Matthew had made uh, up on the uh, comment section earlier, was, does iconic equal high profile? Mm. Right. Uh, And and that is the question. You know, DC didn't say a high profile character. They're saying it's an iconic character. And they're being very, they're being very, you know, they would have said it's a high profile character if it was high profile. What they're really saying is this is an iconic character. So that begs the question, Matthew... Mm-hmm. what what is an iconic character is plastic man an iconic character
0: is i green arrow say, an yeah.
2: iconic character
0: borderline i think green arrow and the flash and to a lesser degree green lantern all are in that that kind of a nebulous realm plastic man is certainly iconic and the reason that i say that is no matter what happens when you do a Justice League story that's meant to be a Justice League, you know, classic League with all the frams and the stats, they throw in Plastic Man.
2: Well, they didn't say it's you Justice know. League either,
0: though. But that's oh. the thing. This is my this is my rendition of why Plastic Man is iconic, not why Plastic ah, Man is okay. gay. All right. But I would say that Plastic Man counts as iconic. I would say that you know the the core four Super Friends heroes while iconic, are probably all out of the game in that they're either married or Wonder Woman or probably off the table. I would say that for me, the character that would have the most resonance and they're never going to do it is Nightwing. Because Nightwing, you know, if if we take into account the existence of Nightwing's history, well... Yeah, that's the big problem because we can say,
2: "Oh mm-hmm. well, Nightwing's been with Barbara Gordon, and he's been with uh, uh, Coriander, and he... he's been with all these tarantula in the previous books, right?" But this right. is the new Fifty Two, and so and th- the weird part is we have to we have to strip away everything that we remember from the last seventy five years.
3: I, well, no, you right. don't, and that's the problem. I know the reason why. Yeah. They wouldn't make Nightwing gay is because then they would be saying, you know, that whole seduction
0: of the innocent right. it was all true. Yeah, right. It turns out it was right. That's right. why they can't do it. But one thing that's very important to keep in mind, you know, from from the perspective is simply having had relationships with people of the opposite gender does not mean no, that that's you true. cannot self-identify as gay. I mean, you can there are there are many gay people who have had children in, you know, a, a uh, what do they call it? A bilateral a relationship. I don't know heterosexual thank you and then have you know sure come to a realization made the thing so right i would say that the biggest to me the biggest uh part of this is not the fact that they're making this announcement it's partly the fact that they're making this announcement in the year 2012
2: mm-hmm With somebody you know, on the, somebody it, on twitter somebody twitter on twitter said this is uh this is about as interesting as your grandpa discovering a, a cell phone that there's this thing and
3: called kinda. a cell phone. Oh, absolutely, yeah.
0: Well, and you know, you look, you look at. I don't necessarily want to compare to Marvel, but North Star was hinted as being gay as early as 1984, 1985.
2: Right. Came out in 96, North Star though.
0: was out in like 1995, 96. So yeah. North Star for 25 years has been hardly iconic, hardly high profile, but has been a character who is known for being a superhero who's gay.
2: Yeah, and now, uh, got engaged uh, this week in uh, yep. astonishing x-men number 50. So, uh, it seems and like there's
0: congratulations a, to him and Kyle. A,
2: and I don't know if the wedding takes place in issue 51 or if something else happens in issue 51, but oh, I'm sure it's some, interesting I'm sure that
3: some some evil mutants crash it because that's what happens at everybody's wedding.
2: But see this comes out in right. June. Um uh, the uh, DC character comes out in June and that just happens to be I think what is it uh, gay awareness month or gay and lesbian I uh, it's it's a uh, gay Yeah, yeah I, f- I forget what the what the what the title is but there's a month you know just like we have Black History Month etc so it's interesting that all right. of this kind of comes together in right, right. the month of June um
3: yeah I do want to see like North Star's wedding And then all of a sudden, you know, one of the walls explodes and the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants runs in and they yell out, we support your decision to be gay and get married, but we still hate you because you're (laughs) (laughs) X-Men.
0: And and now we fight you. That would be cool. Um,
3: I I guess if
2: if we wanted to include Scott Snyder's comment about a character not seen since the relaunch, Uh there's a number of them. Vibe Vibe hasn't been seen since the relaunch. I wouldn't call Vibe as
3: iconic character. The only one that I can think of, Oh my god, have we have we seen icon since the relaunch? Well, Man, that's no. the other one.
2: That's the other thing. If they're being very specific in their language, it could be an iconic character. Maybe uh, they're not maybe they're not hiding it at all. Maybe they're saying it's an
0: iconic character. Right. So, it's so that be... narrows it's the icon. list down
2: even more. It's icon. Well,
0: uh, <laughs> there are a number of characters we haven't seen though. I mean, we haven't we haven't seen Captain Marvel. Right. We have seen Billy well, Batson. We have seen Spectre. I
2: guess I haven't read that Justice League backup uh, very much. Have we seen Billy Batson? Yes. Have we seen Captain Marvel? Or, I mean, sorry, Shazam.
1: No. Not yet.
2: Okay.
0: We have here's, not an yet interesting,
2: here's an interesting question, because I thought this might come up in our discussion. What if Billy Batson <laughs> is heterosexual, but Shazam but is
3: Marvel.
2: homosexual? Right. Would that be too weird or yes, not?
3: Yes, that would be too weird.
0: That would, that be, would be very weird hella super current, weird. Yeah, the current incarnation doesn't have that 40s iconic... Well, there's that word again. In the 40s, Captain Marvel and Billy were clearly separate entities. Right. And Billy would go transform into Captain Marvel, and Cap would go, looks like Billy needs help again. Ha <laughs> <Right. laughs> ha, punchy, punchy, punchy. Right. But lately, they've been having Billy, you know, turn into... A grown up version of himself, a fifteen year old boy trapped in the body of you know, right. guy Smiley. But
2: again, we haven't seen that in the new in the new universe, and but, I
0: haven't really read the Justice League backups. Uh, if if
3: since they my, my, if they know what's good for them, they are not going to do that because the implication yeah. that somebody can turn gay, well, that's true, is too. going to be a huge problem. And
0: that that is true. I think that from a perspective of, would be
2: interesting though.
0: The first high profile gay character, you kind of have to have a a, a, as terrible as this is a Black Lightning type character, someone who is, you know, someone who's a teacher and a good man and a former Olympian and has never done anything wrong in his life. And I feel like if they have unfortunate implications with Captain Marvel. And the 14-year-old boy, I think that, you know, you're opening a lot of really, really oh, true. unpleasant yeah, yeah, yeah. windows there. Where no, 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 no. Would be like, I, oh, I so totally understand this, so I that. that. I just think that
2: it's an interesting, it would be an yeah, interesting I, way to discuss these issues. The other character that we haven't seen since the relaunch is Wally West. Right. Now, again, he's mm-hmm. a character, but he's a character who has been an iconic character in right. the DC Universe in the form of The Flash, Prior to the new 52. Mm -hmm. The other thing Mm -hmm. is, if you go back and read all of the comments and questions made at the conventions. About what is the status of Wally West? DC has dodged that question left and right Uh to the point where it's almost like it feels like the Dio has crapped all over the character because he just has poofed him away to the cornfield and doesn't want to acknowledge it. Well, yeah. but this could be something that they, that they've been planning for a while mm-hmm. and they don't want to even talk about Wally West until it's time to talk about Wally West. Possible. That's, that's so if it's not, if it's not Jimmy Olson, mm-hmm. if it's not Alfred Pennyworth, mm-hmm. my money is on Wally West. I, see. I, I, my first thought was Jimmy Olson. But then Wally West is the second one. It's got to be a ginger.
0: My my thinking is – and the reason that I asked why whether people would consider Plastic Man to be iconic is that there would not be – unless you take into account the Plastic Man limited – or the Plastic Man cartoon from the 70s where he married Penny and had Plastic Baby. There would not have to be a whole lot of change to Plastic Man's character. I mean he has – for the last 50 years been in essentially he's been hetero life partners with woozy winks. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, there are, there are, there are people who would certainly be offended by that. Everyone has the right to be offended, whatever they're offended by. But I think that Mm -hmm. taking, you know, plastic man and putting him in that role, iconic, relatively good natured hero, the kind of character who can kind of get away with being an ambassador of whatever he would need to be. I don't necessarily know for sure whether, you know, that's what anybody is thinking or whether that's even a good idea. But that's the first thing that pops into my head based on the criteria we've been given. Okay. Either way, I think I'm still a little stunned, kind of like Rodrigo. I'm I'm, I, I'm kind of bemused slash stunned that this is as big a thing as it seems to be becoming. Yeah, I just, it, to me, it just reads stunt. Yeah. Uh, and that's the oh, only sure, thing that sure. I just,
2: that's the only thing that I think kind of puts the puts a dark cloud over this whole thing why can't why does a superhero uh why does it have to be a superhero who's gay right why can't it just be it's a gay superhero
0: right right uh, you know it's you know who'd be a great a great candidate if he weren't you know already probably out of the running oliver queen
2: brainiac Five. Oh yeah that'd be a good one too i mean that's he seems to be, and I thought about that too, mm-hmm. because he seems to be so much, he just thinks things through too logically.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't know mm-hmm. how his race really works right. from the reproductive mm-hmm. side in the New 52. He
0: he was, But that would also be a cheat in that he's a green alien from another planet. Well, yeah.
3: But, I mean, that's a good point, too, is, like, how many legion- Legionnaires have we not seen so far? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that adds a whole mm-hmm. other category of potentially iconic superheroes that we haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. Have yeah. we seen... uh yeah. Lightning Last, for example. Well, I mean, I guess they've said it's a guy. But, you right. know, I mean, there's there's plenty of Legionnaires that we haven't seen. So, again, if you open right. the whole, where do they live? 39th century? 31st century. 31st century. 31st you know, century, yeah. That, that gives you... It, it. That's a whole other DC universe right. that they could be pulling from. Yep. Uh,
2: let me just pull these uh, two bits uh, out. I went back and perused the uh, June uh, solicitations to see if there could be anything... Anything Mm -hmm. in there. And the only two that I I found that, yeah, the only two that I found had anything that had some kind of a uh, teasing kind of read this issue was Green Lantern number 10 that said leads into next issue, shocking turn of events that can't be missed. Have we seen Kyle Rayner since the Hmm. reboot? I don't
0: think we have. Oh, yeah. Kyle uh, Rayner is uh, leading the new Guardians. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And
2: then Batman Beyond number 5 sees the introduction of a major new character and tells an important story for Beyond and classic fans alike. Almost like an after-school special, mm-hmm.
3: you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, a, and a very special uh, Batman Beyond. Yes.
2: So those are the only <laughs> two. Everything else just read very plain vanilla as far as the rest of the, of the titles go. It, there weren't any... You know, you didn't see in Action Comics, this is an issue that will go down in history or um, you'll be shocked at the page turn. Or, you know, there was nothing like that except in these two. So right. I don't know. Listeners, mm-hmm. we have just started the conversation and we want you to continue it. Head over to Majorspoilers.com. Click the uh, link in the show notes and uh, check out the article called DC's New Character List Narrowed. And you can share your thoughts and your comments. And in June, we will see how close we got if we did at all. So there you go. All right. Uh, Also, head over to Major Spoilers. There's plenty of news. Uh, There's plenty of reviews. There's plenty of other stuff over there for you to enjoy yourself. And we've got a lot more things planned uh, coming soon. But for now, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, reviews.
1: How to get a Major Spoilers shout out. If you want to get a personalized shout out at the top of the show, all you have to do is the following steps. Number one, visit Majorspoilers.com. Two, click on the make a donation button. Three, donate $10 or more to the cause. Four, sit back and relax and hear Matthew butcher your name and say something cute about you.
2: Major spoilers, bringing the good stuff since 20-06. Thank you so much. And uh, again, we appreciate everyone who has been making those donations. And if you want to help us in another way, we know a lot of you use Amazon.com for your shopping. Well, here's a way that you can help us out there as well. Tell your friends, tell your family. You'd be surprised. I sent out an email to all of my family members and asked them to spread the word. Go to Majorspoilers.com if you're going to make an Amazon.com purchase. Go to Majorspoilers and click on the Amazon.com link and then make your purchase as usual. You still get your product, same Amazon price. You still get it delivered the same time that you, that you select the only difference is we get a little portion of that, and that helps us out uh, tremendously. And the number of people that have been ordering stuff, a variety of things, computer parts, camera parts, gaming parts, comic books. Parts. Parts. Comic book parts.
3: Insect parts.
2: Insect parts. All a little bit of that trickles <laughs> back down parts. to us. And by doing that, if you can get your friends and family, they don't even have to read the stuff on Major Spoilers. What they can do is go to Majorspoilers.com once, click on that Amazon link, and then bookmark that Amazon link... And then they just go to that each time Nice. and we'll still get a portion nice. of that. So help us keep this uh, project afloat that, we, uh, that we've been doing for <laughs> almost six years now and uh, we can do very great six things. Six what? Almost six long Seriously? years now. Yep. In July, six years. Did I miss a year? Somewhere? You must have because now it's time to get to some reviews.
0: Review. I'm a little flat today. <clears throat> Let me try that again. A little what
2: today? Oh, never mind. Uh, Smoke and Mirrors, number three, from IDW Publishing. I don't know if you guys have um, heard of this series. (laughs) I have. Stage uh, magician Terry Ward is, um, is a guy that is out of his element.
3: He's just this guy, you know? He's just this guy. Uh, He's a a guy, and he has a stage magic show, and he's like, hello, everybody. I'm going to teach you how to do magic.
2: (laughs) A while ago, I reviewed a series from... um, (laughs) Who was it? Who... who, uh, Aspen Comics. Blue Water. Uh, No, not Blue Water. Aspen Comics. uh, About a guy who was a stage magician... Who discovered that he could perform real magic and that real magic existed in the world around him? Uh-huh in smoke and mirrors, it's a world that runs by magic. I mean the cars run by magic the you know you have to use the uh the the magic energy all around us, and you have to i don't know use a charm or a talisman into the engine so that that's how you make your cars work. Electricity works by magic. You don't have electricity. You don't have traditional sciences. You have magic everywhere. And uh, one day this kid is is tripping through the bad part of town um, because he doesn't want to be at school or doesn't want to be around his mom or whatever. And he sees this guy performing magic that he's never seen before. Magic that is impossible. That it must be a new type of magic because... As the first issue opened up, uh, we learned that new types of magic are being invented every day, just like new types of technology Mm -hmm. are being invented every day. Um, Turns out that this Terry Ward guy doesn't know how to do any magic. He's incapable of doing that. And issue three tells his story how one day in regular Earth, he walked through a door and wound up in magic Earth. And he's the only person who doesn't know how to do real magic, but he does know how to do stage magic. And by understanding how to do stage magic, he's been able to stay below the radar for a very long time and try to figure out a way to get back home. And that's what this issue reveals, how he came to Magic Earth and how he's using his stage magic to trick people into think that he's invented some new kind of magic. But he's not trying to get rich off of it. He's just trying to survive. Off mm-hmm. of this, and now he 's got the attention of a Bill Gates type uh, person as well as this school kid, and they want to know more uh, so it 's a fascinating story because not only do we get a great story, but embedded in each issue is a magic trick, oftentimes two magic tricks, one of them is a magic trick that happens inside the story that you can do as well mm-hmm. uh, in this one they're doing a um you know they're asking you to think of a character or something and then you're supposed to go through and and do these uh do it just like the like he's telling you to do like he's telling a character in the story to do and if you do it you come up with the same answer right right and then there's a in the after matter the back matter there's another magic trick that you can do as well that they walk you through on how to do it and it's a it's it's stage magic and it's very cool and it's very neat and uh smoke and mirrors is is an interesting little story uh, I don't know if it's an ongoing or if it's a limited series. Uh, the art is, uh, is very well done. I enjoyed the heck out of this. I'm giving it four slices of meatloaf out of five. Good book. Smoke and Mirrors from IDW. I think Smoke that came out.
0: Smoke out Mirror. This
2: week. Comes out this week from IDW. Rodrigo, oh, you're, you're looking a couple of weeks thing. ahead once again, I'm betting.
3: Yep. What are you going <laughs> to look at? perhaps. Not a perhaps.
2: Uh, <laughs> he is. That's a bet that I know I'm going to win, because I got the show notes right here.
3: Yep. I am looking at BPRD, Hell on Earth, Transformation of J.H. O'Donnell, One Shot.
2: Ooh, One Shots.
3: Yeah. These titles are very long. (laughs) Well, yeah,
2: because I'm betting it's BPRD, colon, Hell on Earth, colon, the transformation of Chris O'Donnell
3: of Chris O'Donnell
2: parentheses one hyphen shot close parentheses close parentheses period who uh, who is J H O'Donnell MLA.
3: okay so J H O'Donnell is a guy who works at the BPRD oh thank you yeah that was a, it's a very informative yeah now I here's what's what I like the most about this issue is the framing narrative mm-hmm. um, we open on the BPRD. And this guy is getting back from um, from a uh, from a mission, mm-hmm. and this lady walks up to him and she's like, "Hey, how'd the mission go?" And he was like, "It went fine." And she's like, "Tell me about it." And he's like, "Nope, sorry, classified." And he's like, "Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me." He's like, "Nope." And he's like, "Oh, come on, it's really boring in here. I need a story." And he's like, "Nope, sorry, classified." And then this guy walks by, and he's being super crazy, and he's one of the uh, BPRD's researchers. Mm-hmm. And somebody's kind of like, like uh, you know, kind of leading him by the hand around the office or whatever. And the guy's like, hey, what happened to that guy? And then the lady who wanted to to hear the story ends up telling the story of what happened to that guy. So that that's a really very small but very cool thing is that... You know, the story begins by this lady trying to extract a story from this guy. Right. And the guy ends up getting the story from her. Mm-hmm. Like, a, you know, a different story, but it ends up getting a story from right. her. So, this is a, a very short, very straightforward story about how this guy goes crazy. Um, Hellboy's in it. Mm hmm. Um, and it is creepy.
2: Like, spooky creepy?
0: Yeah.
3: Like that
2: one issue where we read and you opened it up and there's like this giant dead monster down it, at the bottom of the pit. It's,
0: ah, dead
3: monster. It's not quite the same, although it does have a a a, um, a final panel or a final couple panels that have a, a, a similar feel to them, but it's not the same. Thing. Oh, okay. All right. Um, So, yes. I don't know if they mean to use this character some more or if it really is a one-shot um they could be introducing a character that will bring about either help or complications there's you know it's open ended enough that you know obviously this issue stands alone but there's a lot more to it um there's not really a lot of conflict in the issue although there is some fighty-fighty but you know the it's since they open with here's this guy and now he's this way and now you learn how it happened you already know what's going to happen you mm-hmm. just don't know how okay. so and, you know it's it's not a, a super high stakes Story, but it is interesting. The art is really good. It's nice and creepy. Uh, there are times when it's hard to tell exactly what's going on, largely because of the critters uh, involved being kind of of a weird anatomy. Um, but all in all, it's pretty good. Um, I'm going to give this one three and a half slices of meatloaf. Uh, if you. Just like some Hellboy goodness, this is going to be something that you can pick up. Even if you're a fan of Hellboy but haven't gotten into BPRD, you can pick up this issue and not miss out on anything. Good. Um, The funniest thing about this is that they have a a cast page Mm -hmm. at the very beginning where they explain who the – really the more important characters in the BPRD outside, you know, besides Hellboy, are – None of those characters are in this issue. One of them <laughs> one of them is mentioned, but it's pretty clear that uh that page is the same page from the previous from you know, from the last issue of BPRD Hell right. on Earth. Okay. It's just, you know, their bio yeah, yeah, yeah. uh page. But uh none of those characters are actually in the story.
2: Uh I'm curious, have we seen is this the first appearance of uh J. H. O'Donnell? It's the first I mean time... they they talk about this as a flashback story. Right. But have we seen him maybe filtering around as a as a back character? in
3: I don't know. Um, if we've seen him in Hellboy, I don't remember him, and I haven't been reading BPRD. Okay. Uh, all that much. So. What's his name? Jerry O'Connell. Yes. Uh, no. He 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 kind of has a Marty Feldman oh. thing going, which is oh pretty really? Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, right. you know, the, the art is really emotive. It's it's really cool. Cool. Excellent. So that's
2: out uh, in a couple of weeks from Dark Horse Comics. And
3: now we go to
2: Matthew, who picked up Incredible Iron Man.
0: Invincible Iron Man. Oh, I'm Man. sorry. Incredible Invincible Hulk. Iron Man. Yeah, you got to be careful of your adjectivals. My boss gets mad at me because I actually labeled the boxes in the cave. Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Sensational Spider-Man, Adjectiveless Spider-Man. Mm. But this week I picked up Invincible Iron Man, <laughs> number 517. And um, for those of you who don't know, Iron Man has been written for a while by Matt Fraction, who's a pretty awesome artist, or writer, rather. But Matt Fraction shares one thing in common with my good friend, Rodrigo. He does not understand the concept of body horror. And he is completely immune to it. So the cover of issue 517 (laughs) features Iron Man ripping the arc reactor out of his chest and leaving this big, hollow, empty hole right into, into his guts. And it's creepy, and you just... Oh, it's horrifying to look at. And I i literally, I have trouble looking directly at the cover of this issue because my brain immediately starts wondering how are his lungs not exploding and things like that. Mm. Um, Then the issue goes on and Ezekiel Stain is performing surgery on himself without anesthesia to remove a bomb that the Mandarin has placed in his chest. Once again. Matt Fraction, if you're out there, I want you to look up and understand what you are doing to my head because my hands are shaking and it's evil and you got to stop melting the heads of people like Candles. Um, this issue is actually pretty brilliant because it has five or six different perspectives shifting back and forth. We have a little bit of flashback to Tony Stark's childhood, Ezekiel Stane's childhood. We have Ezekiel trying to out outwit the Mandarin. We have Iron Man, Tony Stark, actually giving up and quitting as Iron Man and giving up his armor to uh, Justine Hammer and the evil General Babbage from the government, basically saying, I'm not going to be Iron Man anymore and you can't, you know, you can't uh, spy on me and I give up because apparently during fear itself, Tony Stark got really drunk and it was a bad idea.
2: So, but uh, Uh, there's some, does he really pull his uh, arc reactor out of his chest?
0: No, but or he that does just give a cover up image. the Iron Man armor. Oh, okay. well, the Iron Man armor is actually currently, apparently, housed in his bone marrow. Mm. Um, much like Wolverine, Iron Man doesn't actually need to have the real functions of bone marrow, apparently. Mm-hmm. But yeah, within his body, so he actually voids the Iron Man out of his body, which is kind of as gross as, as it owl. sounds. <laughs>
2: Uh, I was just I was just curious because I I thought the idea was that if he that the reactor in his chest was keeping the metal from penetrating his heart. That's why
0: I asked. And that's true. He doesn't give up the reactor. okay? Necessarily. He gives up the armored portion. All right. Uh, At the same time, a cadre of villains, including guys like Firepower, the Spymaster, the Melter, basically new versions of all of Iron Man's old villains are running around the world and basically making life a living heck, including Spymaster, who breaks into, not just breaks into, but is revealed to have been all along a mole in Tony's new company, Stark Resilient. This is a very tense issue, and there's no fighty fighty and not a whole lot of real superhero stuff going on until the very end of the issue where the new version of firepower is out being a schmuck and going, ha! look at me, I have powers because I'm firepower. If you know Firepower, by the way, he's always been a jerk. He will always be a jerk. And the fact that the issue ends with Firepower getting blasted by Iron Man is pretty fascinating. Mm. But who is the new Iron Man? Who could it be? It's Rhodey. But that's no secret if you've been reading the book. And I really like the fact that this echoes the armor war story from when I was a little kid in 1987, where Tony gave up the, the role of Iron Man and there was a new Iron Man and firepower was around and there was lots and lots of fighty fighty. This definitely has some homages to that. It, you know, it homages the uh, silver centurion armor, which I just love. And this issue ends with the expectation that now that There's a new Iron Man the government can't spy on. Tony may actually have a plan to get himself out of trouble, even though he has a big hole in his chest and he's probably, you know, bleeding and filled with germs or whatever it is. I'm not even a germaphobe. That's the weird part. And I look at this cover and I'm just horrified at, ah, what if what if he drops a Cheeto in there? I mean, uh, why would you want a Cheeto in your rib cage? Am I overthinking this? Four slices of meatloaf for Invincible Iron Man number 517. Very good issue in a string of very good issues. Very well done. And uh, for people who were upset about the the mystery, quote unquote, uh, in the solicitations, the story does it straightforward. And the story never made any type of mystery of it. They said, this is what's happening. They told us step by step. And when we got to the point where the new Iron Man was revealed, it made sense. And it felt like Tony Stark was basically playing a really complicated game of chess, which I like. All
2: right. There you go. Uh, I want to point out something that's kind of cool. One of the ads currently running on Majorspoilers.com is an ad for SaltwaterWitch.com by uh, Chris Howard. If you go and click on that, he's got a uh, sneak peek called the Seaborn Scroll. And what it is, is it is one giant image that takes you from the very surface of the water. Cool. And you scroll all the way down to the very, 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 very bottom of the ocean to where the character is sitting. And it is fascinating to scroll through that. Uh, cool. Not only that, but he's trying to make a print, an actual print of this, one single scroll. Uh-huh. It will be 12 feet long, 7 inches wide. Nice. That is wow. awesome. Wow. That is awesome. So just thought I'd point that out. Uh, and thanks to everyone who advertises at Majorspoilers.com. And now that the uh, plugs and the uh, the reviews are out of the way, it's time to get to it's the one of this guy every week, Rodrigo. <laughs> You know, I think that now I get used to it.
0: 1939 to 1964 to 1989 and other years as well. It's time for the major spoilers. Poll <sighs> the Week. So we are
2: sitting at an interesting time in the week, DCU.
0: Week, 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 week.
2: We just <laughs> had a uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had Earth 2 um, come out, which kind of reintroduces some of the Golden Age. Heroes. Mm. And some of them, yeah. We have the potential, depending on how uh how James Robinson's feels and how other people who dive into the Earth Two realm feel. We have the possibility of maybe even seeing a golden age blue beetle return. Mm-hmm. Dan Garrett.
0: Yay.
2: Now we haven't seen Ted Cord return to the new fifty two. <gasps> Gasp. Gasp. We mm. have seen uh Hami Reyes uh, Blue Beetle. Basically, rebooting that. Jaime. That's what I said, Jaime. Jaime. That's what I said. No, you
0: said Jaime. No, I said Jaime. Jaime is the robot from Get Smart. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> I just snorted like an
2: idiot. I yes, quit. an idiot. Never mind. Yes, exactly. So the question this hey. week is which of the three Blue Beetles do you prefer? Dan Garrett, Ted Cord, or Jaime Reyes? Ray Rodrigo? Go. Um. Night Owl? (laughs) Not an option. Uh, Quit being that guy.
3: Should be. Um, I'm putting it in there. I'm
0: editing it right now to add Night Owl.
3: Now, this was a really difficult one for me. Not for the usual reason that maybe I think that they all have a shot, but because I'm really not that familiar with any of them. Um, really, I probably read the most stories with Ted Cord, so I would be inclined to vote for him. Um, but, you know, Blue Beetle has kind of, he's always been a character where I'm like, where somebody's like, hey, did you see this happen in Blue Beetle? And I'm like, oh, cool. Not that interested, but, you know, good for him, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um... So, I'm gonna go with Ted Kord, you know, largely because he's the one I'm most familiar with, but for no real good reason. I mean, I really have very little to say about him. Uh, I thought that I had never seen an issue of, or, or, or any comic that featured Dan Garrett but Matthew informed me that one time I read a comic in which his arms
2: were in the comic <laughs> a cameo appearance by, by, his by his arms
0: so his whole um, body was there but the the the, <laughs> v- the villain stole his arms i see is what uh,
4: happened
2: for me it was really kind of a toss up as well i mean it's a tough decision i know all three of the characters uh, i really like Ted Cord as a character himself uh, I really loved Ted Cord when he was kind of the backup in Birds of Prey, kind of a uh, a secondary character that they would turn to and that he would help out with cord Industries. Um, but I really think that the Blue Beetle that I liked the most was pre reboot Jaime Reyes because th- I just thought that his his transformation from kid to hero going through the whole um, reach story arc was just brilliant. And I really loved how they took the blue beetle scarab and tied it into all three of the past blue beetles and made this a very working character. Uh, And so for that reason, I went with the current, the current blue
0: beetle, Matthew, Mm. what about you? Well, this is complicated for me because, I mean, if you listen to my expectations in the polls, usually I'll be the old guy going, the original was better and get off my lawn, you rotten kids. But Dan Garrett, uh, as the original Blue Beetle, has a couple of issues. First of all, if you actually have read the early, early, early issues, and frankly, nobody has, and I don't know why I even bring it up. He was essentially a knockoff for all intents and purposes of the Green Hornet. And he had three different origins between 1939 and 1950 something to where he started out as kind of a shadowy, you know, creature of the dark. And then he turned into a standard atomic punchy punchy hero. And then when he was revamped at Charlton Comics in, in the, the 50s, he was all of a sudden a fighting archaeologist, kind of like Indiana Jones, only wearing blue chainmail. So I couldn't necessarily vote for Dan, but I love Ted Cord as well. I mean, Ted Cord, one of the first uh, old comic books that I ever bought, was an issue of the Charlton Comics Blue Beetle where he fought the Mad Men. And it was all Steve ditko and nobody has any joints in their arms. And then he was in the Justice League and I loved him. And then I really loved the way they relaunched Jaime in – uh was it Infinite Crisis or Final Cur- – Crisis. Or oh, it was whatever countdown or whatever crisis. it was.
2: It was countdown. He appeared right after countdown. That's what it was. Um, yeah. No, no, no. It, he appeared. The countdown in, stuff. I forget where he appeared. New 52, somewhere around there.
0: One year later. One year later I or something like that. I think he appeared in Infinite Crisis because there was the whole brother eye thing and then yeah. Batman was there. And I really like Jaime and I like the fact that he's not just another blonde white guy from the 50s. Uh, and one of the few legacy heroes who aren't blonde white guys from the 50s who haven't actually been retconned back into blonde white guys from the 50s. Uh, rest in peace, Ryan Choi. But I, I think what it really came down to for me then was the force of weight. And I, I went with Ted Cord because my collection of Ted Cord comic books weighs more <laughs> because I have all of the Justice League International issues. I have his run from Charlton. I have the Paris Cullens issues from the 80s. And frankly, I really dig that pseudo Spider-Man motif that Ted had going for him. The easygoing, fun guy. I love the fact that, you know, he put on weight in Justice League and people made fun of him. And if you read this weekend's retro review, uh, Justice League quarterly number one, his epic breakup with Booster Gold is one of the most emotionally resonant comics of the late 1980s, as far as I'm concerned. It really was well-written and well-done, and he was very well-realized as a character. So, I chose Ted Cord.
2: All right. Uh, Question. When Fox Comics went out of business, Uh did they they sell Blue Beetle completely over to Charleston, and and that became uh, DC Comics later on? Fox
0: Feature... No, Fox Features went out of uh, business in the 50s. They sold the Blue Beetle publishing rights to Charlton. Charlton went out of business in the 70s, and the Charlton Comics characters were bought by DC in 1983. Essentially, uh, Dick Giordano, who was the editor-in-chief at DC in the 80s, started out as an editor at Charlton. So when the Charlton properties came up, apparently the publisher bought him these characters Kind of as a gift and said, here, what are we going to so do with these? So is
2: Dan Garrett completely owned by DC Comics or is there still a part of him that's yeah. out there floating as?
0: Well, DC probably doesn't own the reproduction rights necessarily to all of the old Fox feature and Charlton books. So I don't necessarily know if they would even own, you know, physical plates or whatever it is you print comics with. Well, but, but I was just curious. The rights. Right, right. The okay. Character. Okay. All right. Which Just is curious. why when Project Superpowers came back around and the other Fox Features characters were revived, they revived Blue Beetle as the Scarab. Ah, okay. Who was a guy with a Blue Beetle motif, but they didn't. Blue Beetle never really fell into the public domain. Okay, the way other heroes did.
2: All right, I got a question about uh, characters and rights and those kinds of things that we'll discuss this weekend on the uh, or on oh, the, the next podcast. Major Spoilers podcast. Um, right the next, now, the uh, major spoiler nation at large, world at large, fan base at large, community, the major spoilers community, spoiler rights. they have also cast their vote. And how have they
0: how have they decided? Two hundred eighty two votes and a whopping 61 percent of the vote going to Theodore Cord. The second Blue Beetle, uh, second as long as you count all the incarnations of Dan Garrett as one guy, which for our purposes we will, uh, 37% saying Jaime Reyes and uh, 2% of the vote were approximately 50 people, wait, approximately five people <laughs> Yeah, <you might> <laughs> saying Dan Garrett. And honestly, the reason for that is Dan Garrett hasn't had a, an adventure in print regularly since 1955. He showed up once or twice as a villain in Ted Cord's book and like a, like Rodrigo said he did a cameo in Justice League uh, year 1 but there really hasn't been any Dan Garrett material out there so only old school you know goobers know about him although I could if you'd like retro review a Dan Garrett issue in the near future if I can find one I have a copy of Blue Beetle number 9 somewhere All right everybody head over to majorspoilers.com
2: cast your vote share your thoughts and uh, and check out more things at Major Spoilers. We're going to take another break. Listen to some phone calls, and when we come back, we will talk Ultra Duck.
4: What's going on, fellas? This is Bill from South Carolina. Listen, I was wondering what y'all thought about the uh, Marvel Infinity Comics. You know those digital comics Marvel's putting out that go along with the uh, AVX series. And I was wondering what y'all thought about their new um, Marvel AR app. For their phones, I don't know that app. You're supposed to be able to scan content from local smart or something. I don't know. I don't have a smartphone, but I was wondering what y'all thought about that. And also, I wanted to let you know that my wife, I let her know about the um, Amazon link that y'all have on your website, so that she can go ahead and every time she makes a purchase, y'all will get a little beat for that. Um, just want to let you know y'all are doing a great job, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Tell me what you think, and holla back. Bye. Hey, major spoilers, Blue Under here. I just want to say I really liked your review of Star Wars Legacy, and I thought it kind of hammered home some of the flaws I've seen in uh, the Star Wars expanded universe as of late. One thing I've noticed is that there's kind of like a consistency between all these canons, like the Yu Hong Bong uh, guys that Rodrigo mentioned Uh, were a big deal in the books. I haven't seen very much in the comics. And Cat Skywalker is a really big deal in the comics, but I haven't seen him in the books at all. So it seems like the movies, uh, the TV show, the comics, and the books are all all doing their own game and not really communicating well with each other. So that's one problem. The other thing I've noticed as of late that's frustrated me is it seems like again, every writer is doing their own thing, and I like John Ostrander as much as the next guy, but I worry like, why is he the only one who gets to write the future of Star Wars a hundred years in? So, it seems like maybe it would have been better if they diversified it and made it more of its own universe like Marvel and DC did, instead of just making it one guy's vision and everyone else be damned. So I just wanted to talk to you guys about that. Uh, let keep up the good work, and I'll keep listening. Bye.
2: Thank you so much for those phone calls. Question regarding Marvel Infinity Comics and the AR app. Now, Rodrigo, I know you've got an iPad. Uh-huh. Have you been checking out the Marvel Infinity Comics? They're kind of the tie-in, or some of them, are, I guess, tie-ins to AVX.
3: Um, no, usually what I do with my iPad is steal a jet pack and then try <laughs> to see how far I get. <laughs> my down
2: son night, loves that game. My, the boy loves that game. He plays it all the time. Yeah. Um, Marvel Infinity Comics, if I remember correctly, is kind of following along what, uh, um, Mark Wade wants to do and how he tells stories in that the panels are revealed, you know, not all at once, but right. one at a time, not in a guided view like what we've seen but, like, you'll, uh, the one that I remember seeing was the Nova comic, mm-hmm. uh, where you see this flash of light way off in the distance of space, and then you hit the next button, and then all of a sudden you've got the Nova and his trail of light from that point, and Nova saying, I've got to, you know, get to Earth, or I've got to keep moving, and you hit the next button again, and then another word balloon pops up, and then another word balloon pops up, and it just kind of leads you into, right. into that story. Matthew, have you checked out The Infinity? Infinity comics. Yeah, I think,
0: I think, um, at least one, one of the, maybe it was the first issue of Avengers versus X-Men had the, the, all the stuff where at the end you could follow Nova through space, time right. and dimension and where, where crashes cool. under
2: On earth. So. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, mm-hmm. so I think that the infinity comics, and again, that, that theory that Mark Wade has, which really isn't Mark Wade's theory. It's somebody else's that first, uh, uh, initialized it and brought it to his attention. Um, I think it works really well. It's a little bit different than Guided View. It's certainly not a motion comic, but it is something that just kind of keeps building and building and building upon itself uh, in such a way that I think Mm -hmm. works really well. Now, as far as the um, augmented reality, the AR app that they have, we did a discussion on that with the boy Mm -hmm. up on one of the major spoilers videos (laughs) that you can go check out where he walks you through it, and we did the AR for... um, uh, the Avengers first Avengers vs. X-Men. X-Men as well. And really what you yeah. do is you point it at the, at the comic book cover. Heck, it can even just be a picture of the co- cover on your computer. Or what we did was we printed it out on a piece of paper and held it up that way. And then you see this little animation play out. Um, Valiant had that creepy uh, talking cover where you had your talking iPhone. Talking Yeah, talking XO I where you had your iPhone. Cargo. And you punch in the, the QR code and you set it on top and looks like... Uh man of war is is talking so um AR augmented reality is really kind of cool depending on how you use it but I don't think people have figured out how to use it yet I've not done the AR app beyond the cover animation so I haven't gone into I guess you can point it at specific panels in the comic and things will
3: animate and move around I I I haven't done that yet have you? I, I can only hope that when you do it inside the comic to particular panels that it's a very disruptive animation that has nothing to do with the story. Like It'll have like Namor mm-hmm. punching Magneto and then when you click it, they both kind of look over at you, smile and go, Hey guys! That would be Marvel cool. AR! Blah, blah, blah. And they just kind of wiggle their arms around and then they go back to punching each other. I, I think what would
2: be kind of a little bit more interesting, and maybe they've already done it, I don't know, maybe some of our listeners have checked this out. You know, take your... Your device, your whether it be an iPhone, an iPad, or a, a one of them ad, Android devices, and you hold it as you scan it over the comic book page. You actually see various layers down, so like right. you can see it in the full color just by looking at it. But you can scan over it, and you can just see the inks, or you could tap another button, and as you move around, you could just see the rough pencils as you move the the device over the the comic page to look at things like that. I think that would be very interesting from my perspective, almost like, yeah. you know, we've seen this kind of stuff with uh, tours. I mm-hmm. want to do something like that here in Hayes where you, like, go stand on the corner and I go and get all of the photographs from the last hundred years of Hayes mm-hmm. that show the city in this same kind of shot and you can kind of travel back through time just by standing there and panning your, your device around, but haven't had the time to do that yet. Yeah.
3: But. That, uh, you know, the, the, the Wii U... Uh, is going to right. come with a tablet, and that's one of the things that they're talking about is, you know, it, I, I think there's a game in development where you're moving around through this house, and you can hold up the tablet to your TV and see the thing, oh, except cool. it's like x-ray vision, yeah, 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 yeah. or, you know, you, you see that there's a ghost yeah, back yeah. there in a corner somewhere. Yeah,
2: that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. They've kind of done that. There's a game right now on the Wii that's kind of like that, where you're hunting ghosts, but you have to actually turn away from the screen and point at some arbitrary area behind you Uh to try to snag a ghost or grab a ghost. It doesn't really work well, but if you had the, the IO device where you could pull away from your screen and you can still turn around, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Matthew, have you tried the AR app?
0: Mm, not extensively no okay. certainly not in an, anything more than making exo say hello i am the yeah. atomic powered robot uh, you know it's, that was creepy
2: it's kind of gimmicky uh you know all of these are kind of gimmicks uh, i think the uh marvel infinity comics and and what uh, wade is doing with hellbent uh, i think uh have some potential in changing how we appreciate and read our comics in the future but uh ar for right now is still a gimmick for me Listeners, if you want to be part of the major spoilers experience in this podcast, and you want to call in and leave a thought, a comment, an idea, or whatever, all you need to do is call the major spoilers hotline. Matthew, that number is seven eight
0: seven two three six seven, eight. So I'm not going to do it, seven, right? Two, seven, <laughs> seven, eight five seven two seven nineteen thirty nine. He keeps teasing and trying to give it to Rodrigo, so I forgot the number. Hotline. Also, want to give a shout out
2: uh, to Tweaked Audio. Uh, what you can do is, uh, have you heard about these Tweaked Audio headphones, Rodrigo? They're they're little earbud headphones, uh-huh. but uh, they have a variety of different styles. I'm I'm particularly fond. I think of the uh, the Tweaked California one, which kind of looks kind of cool. Variety of colors, cool. But the cool thing about them is that they're high quality and they're noise canceling. So if nice. you want to listen to this podcast. In the best way possible, mm-hmm. and you want to hear it the way we hear it. Like you're almost right. sitting here listening right. to Rodrigo so, and to I us, have a conversation, so breathing heavily. Yes.
4: I <laughs> I like you.
2: Then you should check out tweakedaudio.com. Pick yourself up one of these uh, headphones, and because you're a major spoilerite, we have got something special for you. All you have to do. Uh, these headphones are pretty reasonable too. Nineteen ninety five to thirty four ninety five is the uh, MSRP. But on checkout, if you use the code Major Spoilers, Major Spoilers, all one word at checkout, you save thirty three percent. Whoa! Yeah, thirty three percent on checkout. You can get these uh, headphones from twelve ninety five to twenty seven ninety five just by using the Major Spoilers code when you check out at tweakedaudio.com, and we thank them for their support. Okay. Let us talk about, now here's a book from, what is this, Arcana? Yep. Uh, I really thought that this would be right up Rodrigo's alley for a couple of reasons. Number one, anthropomorphic animals. Right. Number two, superheroes punching each other. Right. Number three, Humberto Ramos doing the first three pages. Yeah. Of the art. Ultra Duck is what we're talking about this week. Carlos is a regular duck living in the great city of Feather Bay. Got dumped by his girlfriend, lives with his loser roommate. And neither one of them have jobs or a direction in life until one day, an amazing thing happened. Yes. And he is transformed into Ultra Duck.
5: Ultra pa- Duck!
2: And it looks like he's the only one who can stop a powerful creature from destroying the city. Yes. Ultra Duck. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, more in-depth than that. Matthew's actually read this a couple of times.
0: I have. I thought we were reading this last week. So I read it. And I, my first feedback about Ultra Duck, and this is not related to quality. This is not related to artistic level because the art is pretty spectacular. Yeah, the honestly. art is really good in this. My first feedback of Ultra Duck and my first read through was, why is he a duck? Okay, so that's my, that is
2: also my first question. Mm-hmm. And maybe Rodrigo, you can answer this for us. Why is there a fascination with anthropomorphized animals. Because, Uh, I mean, here we've got dogs and lizards and monkeys and all this stuff. I mean, we've read Elephant Men. That's a little bit different. That's genetically modified animals uh, living in this world. But we have seen a number, I mean, and the Disney thing is a little bit different. Maybe Disney falls into this same category as well. Why are we so fascinated with anthropomorphized animals?
3: Well, I have a I I have a few theories. Uh, One of them is that in other countries mm-hmm. besides the United States, where um, you don't Wait, have there the are other same, countries? yes, there are other countries. Some of them that the United States is even not at war with. <laughs> um, in other countries, oh. there there is a uh, what? Well, the news are always very depressing.
4: But my uh, name's
1: Rodrigo. <laughs> my name's Rodrigo, and this shit just got political. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> um was that a hedgehog just now? I yeah. don't know.
0: <laughs> it was it was strange.
3: So, uh <laughs> in other countries where there is not the same volume of cartoons and entertainment and all this stuff, uh, you know, Scrooge McDuck is still popular. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Uncle Scrooge comics had a huge huge audience and right. Disney you know, permeates into every country mm-hmm. in the world. So to in other countries, the anthropomorphic Disney style stuff mm-hmm. is a valid genre. Yeah. You know, whereas in the United States, it's like, oh, well, that's Disney stuff, and then we have all this other kinds of stuff. To people who only see right. stuff coming from the United States that it's, you know, humanoid dogs and ducks and cats and stuff. Right. It's like, oh, well, that's you know, this brand of entertainment, you have to make it that way. You can see that with stuff like uh, Sky Doll, for example, mm-hmm. where the characters inexplicably have little doggy noses. Right. Um, you can see that in, you know, this isn't from another uh, country, but you can see stuff like that in, like, rock and roll mm-hmm. or in some of the heavy metal yeah. stuff that, that does, that is illustrated by uh, people from other countries. Mm-hmm. You see that a lot more. Um, now, I'm not... I'm not going to guess where this artist is from, but if he didn't grow up in the United States, there's a lot, it's it's entirely possible that he had a, a
2: similar influence. I was just looking that up. Ed, yeah. Edgar Delgado is the uh, writer and the colorist of the book. Uh, the artist is Omar Lozano, which you know, uh, we can't profile or anything like that, but I thought that I saw that these these guys were both from the Philippines and that's what I was trying to track mm-hmm. down so that kind of supports your theory about. Right.
3: So so if that's the case that that does make sense. Also again entirely anecdotal but there's actually a couple of grammatical errors in mm-hmm. this book that mm-hmm. yeah, makes me that. think that somebody who's uh that they seem like classic, you know, entirely subconscious slips for somebody who's uh yeah. who either has Spanish as a first language or who knows Spanish. Um Yeah. This this beams are the same as it, the one your friend use. And that's exactly what it is, is. This is an extremely like this and these is an extremely difficult mm-hmm. concept mm-hmm. for people who are yep. going from Spanish to English. You see that mistake all the time. Yep. So that's that's my and theory that as my to why. Yeah. This is that's my theory as to why you see stuff like ultra duck
0: being animals like black sad being animals um and right. and things the like that. The difficulty I think comes in that for me, when I see a superhero who is an animal, I immediately go to a Hong Kong uh gizmo duck kind of place where I expect kind of wacky funsters and I right. expect, you know, puns. And sure, sure. that doesn't happen here. This The the first sequence, um, I think I'm looking at page four, the point where we're at page seven, the point where we are or page 7 the point where we 1st see Carlos and his buddy in the bar and they do right. that wide shot yeah. from across the street. And Mm -hmm. it's incredible. I mean, it's photorealistic. The truck in the front is an old GMC. And there's, a—I mean, my grandfather drove that truck in the 70s. There's a Beetle in the thing. And you see the characters. And this this bar looks so, I want to go there. It looks like an awesome place to go and hang out. And as you go through this, I'm like, my brain is wanting to try and, you know, put a dark wing duck spin on things. But it is played completely straightforward. Oh, yeah, yeah, Totally. Uh, so, just a
2: point of quick clarification, Delgado is from Mexico, so I'm going right. to guess the other person is as well. So
3: yeah. and so and, he
2: might speak Spanish. And Humberto Ramos is also from Mexico, right? I don't know where okay.
3: Humberto Ramos is from.
2: Um, he provided the art in the first three pages of this, mm-hmm. which if I remember correctly was a promo bit a couple of years ago, either in a free comic book day or something like that. Uh, but he provided some of the character designs in the first three pages of art for this, so that that's kind of nice to see that. Oh. But you know, it transitions yeah, very nicely. From transitions very nicely into the main art for the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. There's
3: not. It's not a huge difference. You can tell because <laughs> uh, I think Ramos's dogs are super cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then after that, the dogs yeah. are just you know fall into a similar style right. as everyone else. But right. the dogs are like. I don't know. They just have like little beady. Yeah, cute they do have the little beady eyes, like, and, you, and you're yeah.
2: right. When you do look at the dogs in the yeah, rest later, of the issue later on, they've they all have, got regular yeah. human pupil type things. Yeah. You know, I, that was my first yeah. question: is why does this have to be animals? But very quickly, it's enough to just skip over that and just start enjoying the story. I mean, this well, is an all ages yeah.
3: tale for the most part, and 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 maybe later we can get into my second theory as to why I think that these are animals. Go ahead. Um, go
2: into it now. All
3: right. Well, my second... So, my first theory, kind of a, a fundamental... From an
2: international level.
3: Right. A, a, from an international level, it is okay to make a story where the characters are animals, whereas mm-hmm. in the U.S. it's not as big of it Or it's not as common. Right. Um, my second a theory as to why these are animals is because this is a pretty straightforward kind of bland superhero story yeah that if he if these weren't animals if there wasn't the hook of this is a duck and this is a fox and this is a rooster um would just you know fall entirely through the cracks of the universe for not really being all that interesting of a superhero story so yeah this is
2: a you're, you're right this is a very by the numbers hero origin heroes a slacker Gets this, these powers, which are, turn out to be an alien, alien devices that attach onto him and a uh, research assistant from uh, Hi, Hylena's, Hylena's uh, labs or whatever. Hylena they're. Corp. Hylena Corp. So they both get the, the gauntlets of power that can mm-hmm. allow them to turn into anything they want, really. Right. And um, Carlos decides he's going to be a superhero, a super duck, ultra duck, uh, as a matter of fact. And, of course, it's just one thing after another. Uh, He learns to be a hero. He learns to grow up. Uh, He does fight the big bad guy and, in the end, changes the bad guy to rethinking his approach to dealing with people in life. Mm -hmm. And the story ends, you know? Um, Yeah, from from an adult perspective, very dry. But from a kid's perspective, I think this has a lot of good messages in it. You know, because there's there's two ways you can deal with your problem. Mm -hmm. You can get angry and you can go back and you can beat up on all the people who have harmed you or you can grow up and you can figure out different ways of dealing with your anger and your hate and your problems in life. Uh, So from that perspective, I thought from a tween viewpoint, this is this is a good book that has that sort of that after school special feel to it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Matthew, what about you? from the story perspective. Uh,
0: This, I wouldn't say necessarily dry, but it is very much a straightforward hero tale. It's, you know, a classic sort of superhero story in that he accidentally gets the powers and then he has to absorb responsibility. And, you know, with great power comes great uh, impingement upon Stan Lee's intellectual property. There's a villain who gets his powers from the same source. It's not just, you know, a, a typical story. It's a movie comic book. Yeah, book. It is. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that, that's what's, that's what's so familiar about it is not that this is a comic book story. We've seen a million times before. This is the way comic book movies break down their origins. There's the girlfriend. He's not getting along with her. He has to, you know, fix that. And the bad guy is like, "Arg, I am evil. No, wait, maybe I'm not evil. Okay. I'm evil now, but maybe I'll be not evil later. But the thing that really sells it for me is how spectacular, the marriage of art and coloring is throughout mm-hmm. this book oh mm-hmm. yes i mean it is phenomenal and you know once you get past the fact that okay this guy's a duck right a duck with really big hair i might add you kind of get to a point where you're like wow that's you know that's ridiculously awesome the lighting oh, yeah. effects are really great oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his girlfriend his girlfriend is a white duck with platinum blonde hair, mm-hmm. and I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but they, they manage to color her without almost with almost no dark outlines. Right. She's well, even just, the, you know, what well, you would even, expect a white duck to look like. Well, even the um,
2: former girlfriend of the villain is portrayed with the dirty blonde mm-hmm. hair, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it comes off mm-hmm. perfectly in that. This is the other reason why whenever I first read it, one of the first things I thought before looking at this was, oh, this has got to be done out of the Philippines or not in the United States. Because it seems like uh, the Filipino artists and the Filipina artists do a phenomenal job in coloring, Mm -hmm. that their coloring is just out of this world and that they do really great work. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, you're right, Matthew, the coloring in this book and the lighting effects and everything, just, Mm -hmm. just superb. Um, first,
0: first rate, top notch.
2: Yeah, you, you'll notice, you know, going back to the story for a moment. Every story has three acts. This is actually broken down into three different chapters, three individual mm-hmm. is, uh, issues collected together. And it and it does. Here is the introduction. Here we're hitting our first hurdle. Uh, now we got to figure out how the character is going to deal with this change. And then the third act is where we reach our climax and our resolution. And it it just it is a it's very much I I think by the numbers whether it's a comic book. The hero's story, or you know, a, a pitch for a movie, which this could mm-hmm. actually be a pretty cool children's movie, I think, or I shouldn't say children's yeah, movie. Sure. It could be a great animated
0: movie if done in the same style. Right. Uh, I think it follows it's, that. It's not a children's story. I mean, there's adults. Well, yeah, I, don't I say mean, adult themes because that makes it sound weird. But no, there's there are adult conflicts in play here. He's right, there's going, somebody he's gets trying shot. to grow up. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and I think that's that's the issue here. Is this is a a, a teenager to young adult mm-hmm. is is a demographic here? You know, the characters are, hang out at a bar, they drink, right? Um, and they are they keep being told that they need to do something with their lives like that. That's a young adult issue. Little kids, mm-hmm. you know, only very few little kids get told, "Oh, you better figure out what you're gonna do with your life." <laughs> right? You know, little kids will usually do did. figure out. Right. What they want to do with their life. It's something ridiculous and hilarious, but. Yeah, they like do. being a superhero. I mean, yeah, he even exactly. says at
2: one point at the very end of the book where he's coming back to his ex girlfriend and, you know, you think, I think she thinks they're going to get back together, but he's like, look, I i need to still figure out where I'm going. He says, heck, I still even think like a 13 year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, this book is rated PG, may contain I material parents right might now, not Jane. like for their younger children. I, I think Mason or the boy would not have any problem. Uh, with this book. Rodrigo, did you have have a a third... Did you have a third... um,
3: Theory? Theory. All right. Of everything? Sort of. um, My first two theories are, 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 uh, in a practical sense, why these are cute little anthropomorphic animals. Mm -hmm. Um, The last one is really more of a reading as to... You know, like taking actually taking the the artist intent entirely out of it, right? Uh, in an academic sense, uh, as to why Ultra Duck is all uh, duckies and kitties and puppies. Um, Don't forget alligators, alligators and uh, mice, hyenas, hyenas, yep. mice. Um, and I'm just strickens. before you get
2: into that, I'm really glad they didn't lower themselves to make everybody's name. Oh, a like play on their m- m-
3: a pun or just their, straight yeah. up like Julia's duck and Frankie Fox right. and right. Mikey Mallard and, right
2: yeah yeah,
0: yeah I'm, I'm I would down like with to that. see Mikey Mallard
2: actually although the closest they got was uh, Hylena with her yeah Hyena Hy- yeah she's a hyena but
0: well um, the the rooster guy had rooster in his name or something close yeah to it. they're they are close um
3: but you know. Uh, so yes, my the, the the my my final read is that this is, and I'm not saying that this guy is actually like a human and he sees the world. Is it, I'm, I'm right. saying the main character is a cartoon duck. Like mm-hmm. his personality is that of a cartoon duck. Mm-hmm. He's a little kid trapped in a man's body. Mm. You know he he's a duck and his girlfriend's a duck. Which means that to him, the only person that he could be with, at least at first, as the beginning of the story, is his girlfriend. Because they're the only two person- people of the same species. Mm. Okay. Um, so there's that. And everybody else is some other kind of creature. Mm-hmm. That is why, you know, he, he this is a character that feels very alienated from everyone else. Which mm-hmm. is why, you know, there's only two members of his species. Even his best friend is a fox. Right. Um, which, by the way, if you think about the relationship between... Uh, foxes and birds right that's, right right that's kind of an interesting choice for Well but friend. that's the
2: other thing that's interesting when we look at this is that we're not seeing you know the the fox is always wanting to prey upon right, the right, others and and right. so on and so forth I mean it's, um yes there are some animal tropes like the ape is the big heavy
3: really the the thing that was really kind of uh, thematically Interesting and confusing and, and kind of I think unintentionally amazing is you know, when things start to go down outside of his girlfriend's uh place of business mm-hmm. and no it's a whatever coffee house they're in or whatever, and uh he all of a sudden his powers activate and he goes, Oh, I have superpowers. Time oh. to grow up and he goes out and he fights right, right, a monster right, right. And like <laughs> Right? I I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean it's like <laughs> it's it's literally like his girlfriend goes, You have to grow up. Mm-hmm. You you can't keep living in this dream world and he goes, You're right, girlfriend, I'm about I'm gonna go to work. Jetpack activate and then he throws his hands up in the air, he goes <laughs> like does three circles around his girlfriend and then runs out of the door. Like that's kinda how this feels. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. This this guy just so doesn't get it, and it's not until the end of the story. And I was actually surprised that at the end of the story he goes, nope, I'm still a stupid little kid, so we can't be together until right. I grow up, um, and now it's time for him to, to fix things, and yet the very last page is him going <suite> and flying off. So there's some, like, kind of, if you read it that way, the message is kind of confusing. Yeah, yeah a little bit
2: back and forth. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see that. Um, anything else on the, on this, on this, from the story perspective, I think the thing that blew me away was I did, still the art uh, It's just so capturing. So fantastic. Yeah.
0: The only, the only issue that I ever had with the art was, uh, uh, ultra ducks. chest symbol is a black sort of a circle with white triangles. And based on how he's standing, they'll look differently. I kept seeing Spider-Man's face. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I was in, like, Man. in ultra ducks, chest symbol.
3: I I kept thinking, man, uh, Carlos must be really into Grendel and has subconsciously (laughs) added it to to his costume. Well, and
2: so, but this is the thing, you know, um, when he meets, um, Rooster Cogburn or whatever his name is at the end of the piece, Mm -hmm. he is changing from this fearsome, you know, giant monster monster chicken to something that more resembles Carlos, so Ultra Duck. And, uh, you know, uh... The bad guy is basically saying, Hey, look, you didn't stick around for the training. To be more there's, like this, you. there's this whole thing where they were zapped to another another dimension or something for training and Ultra Duck Carlos decided he didn't want to be a part of it, so he missed out on it while the other uh guy decided he wanted to go for all the power and learn everything. And he basically says, Hey, look, you could have been just like me, whatever you think is what's making this a reality. So right. if he wants to be You know, if he's influenced by comic books, which obviously he must be because he Mm -hmm. became a superhero, transformed into a superhero, then yeah, maybe there is some, who knows, in that weird uh, animal furry universe, maybe there is a uh, version of a hero that has a symbol like that. Just like the the bad guy symbol is, I haven't really figured out what that is yet.
0: Is it supposed to be like a talon? It looks kind of like two fists crashing together to me. I see the the white space is looking like two boxing gloves. Oh but, yeah, yeah,
3: I, I to to me, judging from the fact that he's, I think supposed to be a rooster. It either, yeah, it either looked like two talons or just the like two screaming beaks. Maybe they're two facing eggs. in in opposite direction. <laughs> Maybe they're two eggs. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I can see the screaming beaks. Actually, they yeah. kind of look like his beak. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, really, this is all, again, going back, this is all how this character perceives it. And maybe even how the writer and the artist perceive uh, themselves as well in this book. So, uh, bottom line, Matthew, or anything else you want to add, Matthew?
0: My bottom line is an unexpected recommendation. Um I kind of thought that we would go into this as one of two things. Either I'd be like, oh, well, this is, you know, ironically fun and silly and Kong, Hong Kong fooey was my first expectation or that I would be just like, wow, that was goofy and awful. This was actually really, really remarkably good. And even though there, you know, there were minor um, grammatical and spelling issues, uh, recognize has a G in it, by the way. Um, and that's, you know, that's something where that's my thing. I have issues with that, but even that didn't break my enjoyment of it. It looks fabulous. It reads quickly. It reads very familiar. The characters are all very likable. The villain is very villainous without being, you know, overwhelming. I'm going to kill five children to prove how villainous I am, you know, nineties anti-villain kind of thing. It was fun. It's, it's a hundred pages or so and it was very, very enjoyable even though the hyena girl is disturbing because you're kind of like wow she's kind of attractive but she has this thick hyena neck mm-hmm. and then she has legs that'll just like disembowel you and you're just kind of like okay that's disturbing but i definitely recommend it i say pick it up it's 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 very good Bread and reveal? the chickens have teeth
3: yeah the, the the birds have teeth which is a little strange um it's worth reading certainly i i would say it's worth picking up because of the art i mean the art is pretty spectacular mm-hmm. yeah um i yeah. have not seen art that is this well executed in a while uh you know the story like like we said it's it's a pretty straightforward superhero origin story do not expect anything too novel honestly the only thing that i thought was kind of cool is the fact that um, they get teleported to training dimension, and he goes, "No, I do not want to." So it gives right. a good a good reason as to why the the villain is superior to him, even though they both get their powers at the same time. I thought that was the one solid. We don't see this uh, all that often. Kind of nugget in here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird that they're ducks. It's weird that they're animals. It's weird that uh, some of the some of the details of it. Are pretty weird, but if you look past it to see an awesomely drawn story that is pretty straightforward superhero stuff, I think you will enjoy it. Uh, I agree. This is a very
2: straightforward superhero story. I think that, I don't know, maybe my son can handle things a little bit better, although sometimes lately if we watch something that has a little bit of blood or violence Mm -hmm. he kind of freaks out, but uh, I think someone as young as five can handle this. Again, it's PG, so parents use your discretion. Um, But I think that it's a story that has some good points for kids, I think it has some good character moments. The art is fantastic. And if you go and uh, do a search for uh, Edgar Delgado on DeviantArt, you can find actually a link to a tutorial that he did on how he colored um, cool. one of the pages. And it's pretty, I mean, it's not super in-depth, but it does walk you through every step of the process, uh, which I think is very cool. The art is fantastic. Uh, the price is is basically right. I mean, this is not a uh, an expensive book, 15 bucks for three issues. Eh, five bucks an issue—that's not bad um, for this type of uh, of story from a small publisher. I say pick it up; it, it's not going to hurt you. You know, it's not going to—it's gonna, not going to warp your mind. It isn't the worst thing that you've seen uh, or held or watched or whatever. Um, I I just enjoyed it a lot. I I really thought that that you guys were not going to get a big kick out of it. I, I certainly would not say that this is better than maybe a Darkwing Duck.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean Darkwing Duck see, see, and that's that's the thing, and that's one of the the issues here is that if as an American, if you see this and you see Darkwing right. Duck, you expect the same kind of story, and right. it is not. Right. Um, right. You know, right. Darkwing Duck has a lot of duck puns. It mm-hmm. is a lot of jokes. I, I, the 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 first couple volumes of that Darkwing Duck series that Boom Studios put out were hilarious. Mm-hmm um the, the crisis on infinite dark wings was just amazing just all the visual gags on it were hilarious right um but it is it's one it's it's a story from a disney book it's kind mm-hmm. of like it's that progenitor of this style or rather it follows that direct legacy from that style um and this this is a permutation of that style this is somebody who comes who has seen that style and is emulating it but is bringing something entirely different to the table as far as uh, content.
2: I liked it. I say go pick it up. Sure. All right, everybody. That is that, the end of the show, and that wraps it up. Thank you for listening and being part of the Major Spoilers experience. Thank you to everyone who has donated. Thank you to Tweaked Audio for uh, becoming a sponsor. And again, use Major Spoilers, uh, one word. Uh, at checkout over at tweakedaudio.com when you pick up some of those headphones. We know you want to hear a great listening experience. Next week, we're going to be taking a look at Avatar The Last Airbender, The Promise. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows,
1: or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at majorspoilers.com. Visit majorspoilers at majorspoilers.com and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com/majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com/majorspoilers.
5: Fat X-ray vision of a Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus as soon as the comic book store guy knew, they kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler! What a major spoiler! Major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm star raven It's like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline Would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fine Be in the Middle East With a gangsta throwing soldier. What a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 what a major spoiler.
3: Major Spoilers it's copyright 2012.